Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, a monthly podcast in which I chat with Hoka NAZ Elite team members, and you'll get a behind-the-scenes scoop on their training, racing, and everyday lives. I'm your host, Eric Sensman. You can find our monthly podcast on SoundCloud uh, by searching Hoka NAZ Elite, and you can learn more about the faces behind the team uh, by visiting their website, nazelite.com, their Facebook page, Northern Arizona Elite, or their Instagram and Twitter, both at NAZ underscore Elite. Welcome to this episode of Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. Uh, I have with me today Coach Ben Rosario. Ben, welcome. Thank you for having me. This is uh, exciting. Not your first time. I think you're the, the most frequent uh, But not guest. by much. Not by much. That's probably true. You've had Baxter on a few times and Fobbs on a few times. I think we all enjoy it, though. We, oh. like, we like when you're on the podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, this is the first of a series leading up to the trials uh, in late February. So um, that's our topic today. We'll talk about uh, the athletes and where they are in their training block, where they're going. Um, talk about the trials itself. And then, uh, yeah, in the coming weeks, we'll have uh, some of the athletes on to, to chat more uh, in more detail with them. Uh, but yeah, Ben, we'll start. Um, obviously, I mean, you're the person to kind of, you've, you've got the cards, you've got the plan, you know what's going on. So we're, we're going to try to unveil some of that. Sure. So, so what, um, I guess we'll start with where we are now. So we're nine weeks out. Mm. You probably know exactly. We'll we'll be uh, we'll be ten weeks out on Saturday. We'll be ten weeks out on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of this this build, you're just a couple weeks in, more or less. Yeah, I mean it's more or less, but but it depends on how you look at it. But the folks who ended their season in early October, Steph Bruce at Chicago, Scott Smith at Chicago, Scott Fauble at the Ten Mile Champs, they've been running for a longer period of time as it relates to when they took their break. Right. Um, and then athletes, you know, Kellen and Alephine and Sid, who ended their seasons in November, they're only a couple of weeks into their running post-break. But the the, <clears throat> the October folks, you know, we were very gradual. So they've already pretty much come together and, and we're on the same page now. Yeah, and just to make it clear, I guess, you have six athletes. Yeah, three, three men, three women. Steph Bruce, Kellen Taylor, Alephine Tillyamuk on the women's side, Scott Smith, Scott Fauble, Sid Bon on the men's side. Right. Um, and so in terms of wh where you are now, or so far, I know you just had a, probably one of the first bigger workouts mm -hmm. this past week. Mm -hmm. um, 12 by 400s. They did 16 by 400, 16 by and then four. we ran over to a really hilly three-mile loop, which they ran at Marathon Effort, and yeah. then we finished up doing... Some eight times thirty seconds fast, forty-five seconds easy. So what? What at this point? Do you, can you take away much at this point from some of these? I early think workouts? they're. I think they're ahead of schedule in some ways, but not in a scary way. You don't want people to get too fit too quick. But I just—they look good. The vibe is good. I. It's funny because. I put, I've been working on that outline for like a year and a half, you know, the marathon trials sure. outline. And so it was, it's been weird to, to start, to start to see them actually do the sessions, sure. particularly, you know, the one you mentioned this Tuesday, because that was one that was a little different, you know, because part of the, part of the idea here with this trials build is that of course we're staying true to our general principles and our general template, if you will, but there are workouts that 
have been modified to prepare us specifically for the Atlantic course. And that was one of them, the first in a series. Sure. And it went really well and they liked it. And that's part of it too, is you got to, you know, the athletes, of course they have to buy in and all these folks already have, but, but they have to, you want to see them finish a workout and be like, yeah, that was, that made sense. Like that was, that's really going to prepare us, you know, because you want them on the line eventually feeling like over the course of the segment, they prepared for anything and everything that's going to be thrown at them on the day. And so that was the first step in that process. And I think it was really good. Yeah. So the, the course itself, <clears throat> when, when you talk to someone about the trials, everyone talks about the course. Maybe, I feel like maybe more so than in the past mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it's a little bit different than you know your typical oh of course way different than houston or la the exactly last exactly so you've had athletes run well at new york city mm -hmm. you've had athletes run well in boston mm -hmm. um i would think those are certainly more similar to what you ex expect in atlanta than yeah a chicago london yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. um how how similar just generally or and maybe the answer is not at all is this block in preparing for this course to say a Boston or a New York like you've done in the past? It's certainly more so similar than anything else. Uh, there's just slight differences. In Boston, we really get ready for the downhills because there's more. It's a point to point, and there's more up. Or excuse me, there's more down than up. Uh, in New York, yes, we're getting ready for pace change and and some up and down, but not as dynamic. Uh, in Atlanta we're getting ready for constant up and down. There really is no flat. And so that's the difference. But but yeah, some of the courses that we've used for Boston and New York, uh, we'll use again. I think the difference is just um, the constant up and down becomes a little bit more of a theme in this segment, whereas Boston, the theme is a little bit more downhill-centric. Sure. And then New York is a little more... I guess it's New York is just a you hate to say it's New York is a very hard course but it's like a watered down version of what we'll be doing because sure. yes we're looking for up and down but not crazy up and down just right. just some you know because like even when you're going through Brooklyn you're 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 kind of like going like this a little bit you know so sure. we're we're looking for things like that right and in, in preparing these six athletes for for the trials you obviously you, two things you you have to account for are the course. In, in the field to some extent, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. the other competitors. Um, you, you've you actually gone out to the course mm -hmm. already uh, last month, I believe. I was out there in July. The the other okay. athlete, I was there with Kellen uh, after she ran Peachtree. The other athletes have run, ran it last month. Yeah. yeah. And so what, 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 what for you was, in terms of the timing, when you went out there, why you went out, talk to me about the, the purpose of that. Well, I needed to see it so I could build the schedule. I already had had my thoughts, but the, seeing the course really helped me pick the terrain and then helped me make a couple of tweaks. Um, the athletes needed to see it because they needed to know that anything that we did was calculated and for a reason, you know, and th that certainly was the feedback that they gave me. I mean, they saw the course and they said, oh, I get it. Like, that's why we're going to do these crazy runs sure. and these crazy hilly workouts because it's all hills. Right. Yeah. And when you, what, in terms of the feedback from the athletes, um, after being there and seeing the course, uh, do, do, do you feel like it, um, was intimidating at all? Inspiring? No, 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 like, no. I, I mean, no. Kellen didn't feel intimidated by it at all. That's not really surprising. <laughs> uh, and the other athletes took it as a cool challenge. I mean, nobody, 
nobody was uh, scared of it by any means. I think they're ready to take it on, uh, take meaning take on the challenge of preparing for it. Sure. I think they're excited about that challenge. Right. And then when it comes to the race itself in, in the field, um, how, how much are you taking that as a you know yeah i mean i mean you're, you're you're really just trying to get as fit as you can sure the the theory being that the, the three fittest people on each side will make it i mean that's what i pretty much believe with the little caveat that um i guess i would say the three fittest people will make it on each side uh as long as they've prepared for the course sure does that make sense it does because that can be two different things. Absolutely. So I think that's what we'll make it. So that's what we're trying to be. Is we're trying to be um, the, the fittest people and the most prepared. Um, I want to talk more about kind of the, the dynamics of getting six people prepared for, for this one event where it's only the top three that are qualifying. But um, just t taking a, another look at the training before we get there. So you got 10 weeks from this Saturday. What what are some of the what are some of the key things between now and, and race day that you know you want to see as uh, you, t you know to know that these guys are prepared for the race? Um, are there key long runs, key workouts, just the body work as a whole? What do you what are you kind of looking for? I'm hoping that they take things one week at a time. You know, uh, we talked about at our team meeting yesterday being patient having belief in the program and in themselves and in each other and then executing on a daily basis and a weekly basis. I think if they're doing those things, if they're if they're being patient, if they're believing, if they're executing properly, and that's the little stuff as well, then those 10 weeks will fly by. And that's what we really want. I don't I would prefer not to hear them talking about the race all the time. N not too dissimilar if you're coaching a high school team, you don't want them talking about the state meet in August. You want them focusing on the next workout. Um, same thing here with professionals. You you don't want the... I, I would put the kibosh on it if I heard too much trials talk. I certainly don't want them talking about other people or what they're doing. I want us very focused on what we're doing uh, one week at a time. And I think that's the best way to prepare. In terms of <clears throat> what I'd like to see happen is I would like to see what I always want to see, which is I want to see us building momentum throughout. I don't want to see us crushing things right now. Even though it seems close, 10 weeks, I really want our best workouts to be three weeks out, two weeks out. Uh, and that's hard to do because it takes patience. Sure. But And it takes belief in our program. But that's what our program is. And it's what it's always been. And it's always produced us. Uh, it's always produced good results. And it's produced those results because we've been ready on the day. And so that's what I'm looking for. I want us to be ready on the day. And it, will it be a challenge or has it been a challenge to rein them in in these workouts so far? <sighs> I mean, I, we're just getting started. I mean, I definitely feel some level of antsiness, but so far we've been okay. It's more so, like I think a couple people have been running a little fast on the easy runs, but that's more just normal because they're kind of fresh. That'll go away, I think, once the mileage uh, increases and the the volume of the workouts increase, I, they'll be okay. Sure. And in terms of like uh, tuning up or racing between now and then, I don't think there's anything serious, but uh, are they, they're all going to compete in the... Phoenix half marathon? Uh, some. Uh, Alephine will do the Houston half marathon, okay. and then the other five will do the Rock and Roll Arizona half marathon. At least that's the plan right now. Okay. Yeah. And, and, th and those races will be, you know, six weeks out, and they will be very much um, opportunities to uh, get rid of the monotony of training or, or escape the monotony of training for one weekend, uh, go somewhere, 
run the race, come back, have an easy few days to recharge and rebuild, and then you've got three big weeks left after that. Right. Yeah. Um, Before you back off for two weeks. Sure. Uh, Steve, we're going to go to the... uh question you want to hear okay okay, okay cool that's, um that's steven he's 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 in the background yeah, he's producing the show uh, edited out or not, yeah. But yeah he'll edit this out i'm sure i'm not in charge of this i have enough on my plate um well so i mean dealing with uh professional athletes who are training together just generally speaking can be a challenge uh when it comes to well the egos basically right mm. um in this particular case you have Six athletes, three men, three women, preparing for the same event. In theory, they could all make the team um, because there's three spots yeah, yeah. <laughs> on each side. Yeah. But um, in in practice, that's you know probably not going to happen. So, um, how do you how do you what role do you see as yours to sort of ensure that uh, they're working together and not uh, you know against each other so to speak. because it, it, when they line up they are of course yeah yeah against each other but well, until then yeah part of it is <clears throat> part of it is instilling that idea that we're going to make the team we don't know who but we're going to make the team and we really focused on that a lot in 2016 that idea that we'll go we don't know who it'll be uh but somebody's going to go now, that didn't happen although we were very very close uh this time around i think we've ingrained that now in our culture in such a way that it didn't need to be called out as much. Uh, but I think, you know, we certainly are always talking about being genuinely happy for one another when we accomplish things, regardless of what we did uh, individually on the day. And so I, I feel confident that that's a part of our culture. So I'm not terribly concerned about it. I do think I am keeping an eye out to make sure that no one gets in pecking order mode right. where they feel like they're not going to make the team because they already know that person X on their own team is better than them or person X and person Y are already better than them. So how are they, how the heck are they going to make the team? I, I, again, I don't feel that that's going to be a problem, but I'm just keeping an eye out for it. I'm sure. Just keeping an eye out for it because you can, you can beat people in a race that beat you in workouts. Uh, we have people like that on our team that are just incredible racers and can step up on race day. So, uh, and I think they know that about themselves. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm answering your question. I'm just keeping an eye on it. But I, I feel like our culture is such that, um, that we just want to make the team, whoever it is. And we're confident that the way to do that is to, for all of us to be as fit as we possibly can be because right. then we just have that much better of a chance. I mean, it's just like it's a numbers game at some point. I mean, if the women's race is down to uh, five or six people at 20 miles and we have three of them, then we have a pretty good chance. Right. Uh, if the men's race is down to five or six people and we have a couple of them, I mean, that gives us a very good opportunity. So uh, working together to get ourselves into that spot is what we want to do. Sure. So, in speaking or staying on topic with the race, I don't know how much you want to say or not say, but, um, well, two things. First, how how do you see the races playing out on, on the men's and women's side? Or is it maybe not even worth... It, well, it's uh, early, of right. course. Um, the weather could be a variable that could make this answer, answer change. Sure. Um, I think given a fairly normal day... 
and given the nature of the course and given the fact that nobody's raced on the course outside of there was an eight mile race there last year as right. a test prep but it's just different because the pace is so different nobody's run a marathon on the course right. I would I would think that people will feel it out for the first loop at least if not the first two loops yeah. all the way through 16 miles and I would I would venture to guess that the course itself will be the biggest factor in whittling the field down until late yep. and then of course the athletes themselves will make the moves that 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 break each other right. uh that's that's my general take but again just like i don't want the athletes talking about it i'm not going to be sitting there talking about that the whole time that that's what i kind of think uh but the, the thing about saying that is that's it's not like everything we do is going to be preparing us for only that type of race. We'll do things that prepare us for other possibilities. Sure. But, you know, I, I do think that, I think Alphine said this on the cooldown the other day, that you are you are racing the course in, in this one as, as much as anything. You're, you're really only racing your competitors toward the very end. Uh, and that's kind of any marathon, but I think when you have a new course, something nobody's ever done before, there is certainly an element of beating the course first uh, before you need to worry about beating your competitors. Right. And is going back to the course then, uh, or the conditions surrounding the course, um, in the event that, well, I've, what are some, what are some options when it comes closer to the race in terms of weather? So say it's going to be really warm. Um, you know, you're seeing the forecast and that's going to be the case. Uh, is that, how is that going to change? Is, is that going to dictate much for you? Um, well, we'll already have uh, done some things to prepare for that possibility uh, as we wind down uh, those last few weeks. Winding down, not referring to the training. The training will be ramping up, but um, as uh, on the calendar, as we as we get closer and closer, uh, and then there's a possibility that we could go down south uh, to Orlando or something two weeks out if it looks like it's going to be unseasonably warm. Right. Okay. So that would be a change, I sure. suppose. But sure. uh, yeah, we, we've we've run well in the heat uh, quite a bit recently, so feel good about our protocol. Right. Um, Steven, do you have anything else you were thinking uh, mm. would be valuable? Not off the top of my head. Okay. You've had time to think about it, so. I know. Well. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, I, did, I didn't know if you wanted to give you if you wanted me to give the listener uh a little bit of um a little bit of a heads up on where everybody's at yeah yeah let's talk more just about that one by one just real quick let's do it uh okay ladies first so steph of course has been running for a few weeks now because her season ended in october in chicago so she was able to get a little race in uh at the turkey trot in uh, san jose but her mileage is up around 100 now this week and um it's close to full mileage for her and is that yeah what does she peak at yeah we don't i don't concern myself too much with the overall okay. you know mileage but i think we'll probably stay around that and maybe sure. a couple weeks because of the nature of a couple of the workouts we'll bump up a good bit from there but uh, you know not too worried about that uh but she's very healthy and feels very good uh, kellen is you know uh, not as far along because she hasn't had as many weeks since her break um and you know, she's a foster parent, so that's an extra stress in her life. I think she's probably 
in in a weird way where she needs to be because she I think doesn't feel very fit right now, but that's probably a good thing uh, because she can get fit very fast and we want her ramping up toward the end. Uh, Alephine's sort of in the same boat in the sense that she ran New York, took a break, and, and she's good at taking breaks. She really takes a break, you know? She went to Mexico, she had a vacation with her boyfriend, and then she went to Santa Fe for a couple of weeks and hung out with him there, and, um, and I think now is locked in. Yeah. So she took the mental break she needed and now she feels very locked in. So that's Alephine. And do their do their the three of them does their mileage stay pretty similar through the uh, bulk of training? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Kellen probably can handle a little bit more. You would think Elephant could, but then again, she got hurt, right. so I'm not really keen to push that on her. Yeah. But for Kellen, she can handle more. I mean, she's been up around 130. Okay. Um, actually, for multiple weeks in a row before the Boston Marathon, where she had to drop out. But again, that eventually led to the Grandma's 224. So I'm certainly not afraid to give Kellen mileage. Uh, although life has to be such that she can handle it um anything else on the ladies or no no that's good so the guys uh you know i'll start with sid so sid is i'm telling you guys sid is so good he's so talented and he's really good he just has had a rough year because every time he starts to get fit then he gets a little like energy levels got weird in the spring and then in the fall he got an it band thing and Ah, it's just been frustrating because the the running world is not seeing what I'm seeing uh, yeah. on a daily basis. Um, but the way I feel about Sid is, hey, let's let's uh, let's acknowledge where he's at. He's not as experienced as Scott and Scott. That's okay. Um, let's not try to run step for step with Scott and Scott in terms of mileage, in terms of all the workouts. Let let's pull Sid away from them a couple of times and give him workouts that are really um, good for Sid and that have proven to be workouts that Sid responds to really well. And let's see if he does something like that midweek and then join Scott and Scott on the weekend, right? Uh, things like that. So th those are some of the little tweaks that Sid will have because I just want Sid healthy and on the line healthy. Yeah. And Because you don't have a chance if that's not the case. Right. And so I want him healthy and fresh. Yeah. And so if we undercook him a little bit, so be it. Uh, that's how I see Sid. Um, but he, he is healthy right now. He looks very good in practice. Uh, Scott and Scott... I hope to just be able to give them the exact same schedule. Yeah. You know, my hope is that every week it's just write Scott Smith's schedule, copy and paste, Scott Fallable, or vice versa. Um, that's how it was before Frankfurt. That's how it was before New York when they ran those races mm. together. And I would hope that that's how it'll be before this one. And uh, they'll just be pushing each other along the way the whole time. And how often are the six of them, or the three and three, getting together? Um Every day. Every day. Like Every day, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's schedules outside of a couple of workouts that'll be SID-specific yeah. uh, for him. Should be exactly the same the whole way. Um, you know, obviously, it's possible that someone will be so fit that we have to give them a little different pace at some point. Uh, I was just going to ask It's that. possible. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily what I'm planning, but it's, you know, so I you, would do you, it. you expect them to be running I think so. I mean, look, I mean, look, you know, uh, Cohen stuff, Alphine, they've all run between 31.40 and 32 minutes in, t in the 10,000. They've all run 109 or 110 for the half marathon. They've all run uh, between 224 and 227 for the marathon. They're as, they're as similar as you can be. Yeah. Uh, they've all won national titles on the roads. You know, um, they all, I mean, I think their 5K PRs are 15, 17, 15, 18, and 15, 19. Wow. So they're very, very similar. So I would yeah. expect them to do everything together. Um, Scott and Scott, you know, of course, Scott Falwell is getting a lot of uh, attention because he ran 209.09 at Boston, and deservedly so. But, you know, Scott Smith ran 211 at Chicago, and when they ran New York together in 2018, 
was the aggressor for much of the race, yeah. not not Scott Fauble. So and they were step for step for what twenty two miles. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I, I certainly hope that Scott Smith, I think he feels this way, can can absolutely run with Scott Fauble. So that's awesome for both of those guys right. uh, to have one another, and and um, I think that'll be a big advantage for them over other people who are trying to train solo. And do you think this course suits any of the six more than the others? I think parts of it suit individuals, you know, differently. Uh, there are people, there are three people on the team that I think are excellent at downhills. Alphine, Scott Fogel, Scott Smith. I think they're all very, very good at downhills, uh, which is great because uh, there's a lot of downhill. Yeah. But there's an equal amount of uphill because it's a loop. Um, Steph with her stride is really powerful on uphills. Um, Sid with his ability to be very quick. Um, is, is pretty good on uphills. Um, and Kellen, Kellen's kind of just overarching. She can kind of handle a little bit of everything. I don't think she's particularly better at ups or downs. Uh, she's just very good at both and uh, has run well at New York. So I don't look at anybody and worry about the course because I think everybody, there's aspects of the course that are very appealing to each person and their stride and their strengths. And to, to maybe wrap up, um, if we sat down March 1st, that's the day after. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> or perhaps the afternoon of uh, February 29th. What, um, what, what, what's going to, if you're smiling, when we sit down then, what, 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 did, what I happened? mean, we'll have had to make the team, of course. Sure. You know, of course. Um, I just, that's, that's the goal, you know. But I, but I would say uh, we would really want to make the team on both sides. You know, it, it, I would I would not be smiling if we didn't make the team on both sides. I'd be happy for whoever made it, of course, but uh, that would be a big bummer. That would be a big bummer. I think when you've got people as good as these folks and um, when you have the record that they have and that we have as a group, you, you would you would really want to make it on both sides. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's always some level of disappointment. That's the thing, right? You know? Right. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be smiling. Well, we'll uh, continue to check in with you and, and the rest of the group uh, in the coming weeks. So look forward to that. Great. Thanks, man. All right, Ben. Okay. Thanks.